art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Okay, here we go. It's James Hatton. Podcast Rob. And it's spooky season yet again for another episode of the Something Something Cast. Something Something Cast. No sound bed? I was expecting the claps. No, I don't. I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, it's not a cra- It's not like the wheel. It's not the end. So I don't need to fire up the sound bed. And then as you're doing the intro, I'm like, oh, I don't have my <laughs> applause loaded up. Professionals, as always. It is October, and um, I am looking forward to this month. We sort of, when we were going through our, what are we going to do for October? We mutually decided, like, let's lean into the spook. And uh, I'm super, super happy with that. Cool. Yep, spooktober it is. Figure we're going to kick it off with some horror movie stuff, but not, not your typical everyday horror movie conversations. And... This is one of those topics where, like, I had to pare myself down because the topic of DuJour is lame horror movies. And if anybody is aware of, like, my Letterbox account slash Red Voice, if you're interested, I watch a lot of lame horror movies. But I also didn't want it to be like, okay, so there's this thing I saw from 1982 that was written uh, on the back of a napkin for $50 and uh, a ticket to the subway now i tried to keep it a little bit more in the forefront about movies people may have actually seen right and i i went from the standpoint of there's a difference between bad and lame that's an interesting call because like I-, I mean if we just talk about regular movies we we know that i'm a fan of hudson hawk hudson hawk is not a good movie hudson hawk is a right. bad movie but it is a great bad movie. It is a fun bad movie. It is an entertaining bad movie. It is not as bad to be bad as it is to be boring. And if you are just a boring horror movie, then there's nothing to even be entertaining or make fun of. Like, it would be one thing if the effects were just so obviously... You can literally see the hand in the upper corner that's pouring the jar of fake blood onto the screen (laughs) as just, I'm 45 minutes into this movie and I couldn't tell you what one of the fucking characters' names is because I just don't give a fuck. Like, boring is a far, far bigger sin than being bad. And for me, I have five movies that I found just inanely fucking boring. Aside okay. from the title, I literally had to read through all of the Wikipedia and IMDb plot points to even remember what happened in the movies. And I think my my variation, my difference on this, the, the way I saw it a little bit differently was maybe it was going to be a good movie. Maybe it was going to be a bad movie, but there's some factor of this movie where you went, ugh, that's lame. 
Right. Come on. I, I think in, in almost every single one of these, I expected better. Okay. And you definitely have a higher bar for horror than I do. That is also true. And I, I also I'm, am I'm willing to watch. I'm not necessarily a horror dude. Um, I will watch it on occasion. It's not necessarily my main jam. Where similarly, uh, my house starting, uh, what I mean, we're recording this before October 1st, but on October 1st, uh, there will be a litany of horror movies on my screen just as sort of passing entertainment. Sure. Um, it's similar to Christmas movies. You just sort of leave them on. So why don't you give us a shot, start us out, see where we go from here, because I think this is going to be a very interesting list uh, given our two different criteria. And I am almost positive criterias. that there is two, possibly three, on my list that I'm going to say, and you're going to go, sir, mm. really? And that you might have mild offense at. Uh, Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive the first one is. Oh, great. Well, let, let's start off on um, a high note. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to give you any witty banter following. That's how terrible to me the movie was. Uh, 2014's It Follows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I mean, I get it was kind of original in the in the pretense of it, but where was the quote unquote horror supposed to come in from? It wasn't like this just thrumming unstoppable force thing because to me that wasn't played out very well. Right. It I did, I could care less that this thing could present itself as whoever it wanted to be from your past to make it easier to get closer to you in almost of a kind of a nobody safe. It could be anybody kind of a la the thing kind of thing. Don't care. And it wasn't really jump scarish. It was like, no. Okay. So we're going to take the stereotypical horror movie trope of kids who have sex in a horror movie die and we're going to make that the plot of the horror movie. Like Z-Man Games has a card in their horror game, their horror card game where you create a movie by playing cards. That's called You've Had Sex, Now You Die. Like that's how much of a trope it's become. <laughs> and now we're just going to take that and make an entire plot about it. Yeah, and it follows is in a very specific era of well, elevated horror, which I'll be getting to in a brief moment. Um, where there's definitely a subtext underneath and it's definitely about, you know, a different topic than just the horror. And it's, it's about, you know, sex and, and free reigning sex and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I think it follows, I don't remember if I like the ending. I think I didn't like the ending, but I thought it from a, a, it was one of the elevated horror that I enjoyed because it wore itself on its sleeve. Um, but I, I, it's it's a divisive movie, and I know that. I mean, the fact that there were critics that said that called it the best horror film in over a decade, to me, that just tells you how utter shit horror movies must have been <laughs> from 2004 to 2014, if this is one of the best. Well, also, I, there's, and I, you have to read your critics. Because there's an aspect of horror that critics aren't going to love unless they're they unless they find some artistic merit to it, you know. Some of my favorite horror movies in the world reviewed horribly, um, 
most of the soft franchise where half of them are garbage, but like they all reviewed horribly just because it's murder porn without you. And they don't even look at this, the actual plot. Um, and it follows because there is, it's saying a different thing because there's some message within people are going to go, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Even though they wouldn't know a fucking Jason from a Freddy. Right. They're just reviewers. It's a choice. I don't wholly agree, but you have your right to it. Which is fine, because I'm going to go in a similar route into a movie um, that everybody fucking loves and I don't love. This is one of those movies that is, in fact, elevated horror movies. that Everybody told me that I would love it. Everybody told me it's the thing that you got to see. And it is going to change horror, and we're all going to be a different world because of it. And me and my lady watched it, and I... 80% of that movie, I was engaged. And it is this amazing treatise on the, the family grief and um, abuse, social and emotional between families and the loss of a sibling. And like there is this, it's acted so well. And the trailers gave nothing of this away. You think this movie is going to be about a scary little girl that goes, and it's not because she gets her head fucking blown off in the first 20 minutes and the rest of the movie is just about this family dealing with her loss and at the end to be clear this movie is hereditary that everybody loves and i can't fucking stand uh, and it's only because of this last 10 minutes if this movie cut itself off 10 minutes before i think it's great um the last 10 minutes and seated throughout the back of the film there's this subplot about the history of the family and there's little hints in books and there's little droplets of, you know, maybe there's some sort of pagan thing in their fam. And it goes from supernatural horror where you're not entirely sure what you're seeing is real or symbolic. And you're still in, on board. Even me, who can't stand horror symbolism so much. Um, and in the end, it goes, nope, none of that was symbolic. This is real. He, there, there's a witch's family clan and they're raising the son to be the next king of the branch people and here the witches two women that you've never met in the movie but you're supposed to assume that this is the ants that have shown up that were mentioned once in minute five and um and it takes this what i thought was an amazing story of grief and you just go Ugh, fucking really all of it this is it is the quintessential beat where i went oh I know what kind of movies I hate. And, <laughs> and it's specifically uh, hereditary. Because, again, if it was the first hour, I would say it's one of the most brilliantly acted horror movies. Especially because because it has that elevation, it has an amazing cast. It's Gabriel Byrne and Tony Collette, for fuck's sakes. And there is a moment where Tony Collette screams that will rip out your soul. Um, just cause she, she portrays grief in a scream and it's, it's intense, but the last 10 minutes with this fucking, they go up into a tree house and the brother, the son is given this like branch wicker head piece and your time is now and the credits and you go, oh, fuck. I'm not going and analyzing what the fuck they just said. Cause I don't care. <laughs> exactly. I can't be asked. Yeah. And this is one that I've gotten a lot of heat for, um, because then the follow-up question is, did you like Midsummer? And I go, Midsummer was okay. 
which is his uh, Ari Aster, the uh, the king of the horror. Um, yeah, I haven't seen either one of those yet. I will say, Midsummer is a tamer film with a couple big brutal moments. Hereditary is a scary fucking movie, and then ten minutes. It's it's brilliant. I can't I can't deny from an acting perspective how well it's done. Fair enough. But the rest. There we go. Let's got that out of the way. I can crack my neck. Now we can get to some shit. So what you got? the other type of movie that I really kind of hate when it comes to horror movie is horror movies where you find out that everybody's in on it. Mm. Um, the biggest takeaway I took from this next movie, as, as you know, I, I used to be into the LARP scene. Uh, we used to do some like medieval fantasy buffo weapon LARP. We used to do some parlor style uh, Vampire the Masquerade LARP. And at one of our Vampire the Masquerade LARPs, we were doing a Halloween themed uh, gathering, which kind of seems redundant if you think about it. But indeed, we're all standing there in whatever costumes we decided to wear. And the the storyteller, the game master, is kind of going over before we actually do and go, like what the theme of the evening is and everything. And I lean over to this guy next to me and I go, have you ever seen the horror movie You're Next? And he <laughs> goes, yeah, why? And I go, I don't remember much about that movie, but I'm telling you right now, as soon as they say game on, that dude over there in the black velvet tuxedo and the full-faced white bunny mask gets it first. Like, that was the only takeaway I took, was, oh, there were right. people in white animal masks committing horrible crimes. Okay? Like, it's it's very ship in a bottle. It takes place basically in two different houses. A majority of it is in one house. Uh, it, it almost seems a very random home invasion until you realize, oh, half the people who are in this house getting murdered hire these people to kill the other half so they can claim the inheritance and things go awry. Mm -hmm. Terribly boring. Couldn't really fucking care less about it. Um, I mean, much like it follows though, it had a budget of right around a hundred million and made around 25 million. I'm sorry. Budget around a million made about 25, 27 million. So, I mean, the ROI was there, but (laughs) other than that, like, Okay. I I'm a mixed bag on that movie too. I enjoyed it, but I watched it with like you guys, come on. I think there was another movie underneath it that was a better movie that like they didn't think about and that nobody thought about cuz I enjoyed it, but it's like it's not ranked at the highest for me. It's one of those like middle line, nah, all right, I've seen it. I mean, it felt like it kind of wanted to be Saw-ish because of the way they were creating these kind of weird murder traps to catch these uh, intrusionists. Um, And then there was another, I can't even remember the name of the movie, but there was the one movie uh, where the husband and wife were on vacation in this vacation house and these three... (gasps) Oh, I love The Strangers. Yes. Um, Like it wanted to be a little bit of that too. Um, but at some point it almost feels like when you have horror movies that are paying homage to other horror movies, it almost feels like uncreative. Does that make sense? 
It does. Like it does. I'm, I'm, I, I'm paying homage to so many other horror movies. I'm literally just spot festing other shit that people have already done and putting it into my movie. So therefore, nothing that I've done is in any way, shape, or form original. I'm I'm with you, and I think that's a trend in horror. I, I think there's a reason you, you mentioned Saw specifically, and I coming up on my list in a bit. Um, similar, there's there's an aspect of horror that follows whatever the trend is, follows whatever the the go to mobile is. Um, I have a feeling there's a new horror movie coming out coming out like literally it's out now by the time you're listening to this called Smile, that uh, I think is going to be a big old trend. Um, won't reveal too much about it, but the trailer has been everywhere. Um, and it's very, very, I think we're going to get a lot of horror movies with like big, shiny, happy people that aren't. It's a fine choice. I can't, I can't blame you for that one. So to slide on down the list, let's see. I'm going to go with. Yes. Let us go to a world of traditionals, a world of the killer movies from the 80s and in which we love, the movies that we cherish, the ones that are the archetypical slasher films. Um, we are going to dive into your Freddy's, Jason's, Michael's, and we are going to look at a very specific one that was them trying to reinvent their wheel, and they just didn't. It was the beginning. I would say it's the worst in its franchise. And what I love is right now, somebody right now is going, okay, so it's either. Because there's one in every one of these franchises that's just shit sandwich. Uh, this is Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. And so I didn't know this for a long time. I started to do a little bit of research on Friday. Um, like the first four movies all happen in the same four days. Like they happen over the course of, I think a weekend and you wouldn't know it because they don't really mention it so much until like in the background, you may notice like on Friday, a camper was found slashed at, and you're like, Oh, okay, cool. That was, that happened in the first movie. So we're only two days later. Um, the new beginning was them trying to relaunch the franchise away from Jason. Um, so it was more sort of the legacy of Voorhees and not the same undead swimming guy kid thing. Um, it's very campy. It's very silly. The characters are not real in any way. Like horror movie characters ain't real to begin with, but like the nerd guy who gets slashed in the beginning of the film, um, he's like, obviously horror actor. He's 23 and he's supposed to be 18. Um, but like, he's got chocolate around his mouth and he's walking around like Buxton from Pee Wee's Big Adventure in this sort of, hey guys, how come you won't let me play with you? How come this girl won't let me see her giant boobies? And he's just fucking the worst. And he dies and you're like, thank God. Um, But you kind of wonder who the Jason is because it ain't Jason. It doesn't seem to fit the bit. And again, the answer is like, dude, you saw in the beginning of the movie for 30 seconds in the background and he was so enraged by chunk chunk get murdered that he and i think he's related to him i don't even fucking remember that like he goes on a spree um but he wears the mask and they do the whole bit where he, like they just wanted a slasher movie for a slasher movie's sake 
Friday the 13th had had its run. So they were like, let's try and spin it in a new direction. And that movie tanked so hard. They were like, yeah, no, we need the, we need the, the weird zombie kid back. Cause oh boy. Um, it's made on such a shit string budget. They, they were trying to test what, how much they can get away with for how little. And it shows in every fucking inch of the thing. Um, easily the worst Friday. I loathe it. When it, when it appears during marathons, I go, cool. I can go clean. Yeah. I actually had to look up what you were talking about. So yeah, two, three, and four take place within days of each other. Yeah. And then this one is sort of the, the it's called A New Beginning because it was trying to relaunch the franchise, um, even though it came out like the year after four. But anyway, it was it was the first real horrible step. The other ones are fun, like good or bad. They're 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 what they are. This one really tried to be something else and it comes across almost like airplane. It's just that bad. <laughs> All right. So yeah, lame. Lame, super lame. Uh, so this next one is actually a movie that you had mentioned for me to see. Uh, it was a recommendation. It was a recommendation of yours, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was not good. And I mean, again, my biggest thing was nothing really shocked me. Uh, to me, a lot of this movie's. I'll say swerves were telegraphed miles ahead. Um, I'm talking about 2015's The Invitation. Oh, that's not the one I thought you were going to say. No. I thought you were going to go with one, a more recent one. No, okay. it was... Uh, I know you hated this one. And I... I mean, the minute they were the minute they were describing that they were kind of in this cult, I was like, oh, things are going to go sideways. And then when they were in the backyard and they lit that red lamp, I'm just like, yep, I already know how this is going to end. <laughs> it was, it again, there was, again, a word, boring. There was nothing in it that held my interest or made me go, oh, shit, that's not how I thought this was going to go. It was exactly how I thought every beat of this movie was going to go. Therefore, there was just literally nothing that held my interest or my attention at all. You're not alone in it. I showed it to my wife, and at the end, she was like, all right. I get what you like. It was, it was a thing. Wow. That's that's almost like the worst <laughs> <Insulting>. backhanded <laughs> insult you can get. Oh, well, I can see why you liked it. <laughs> Well, the, the emphasis wow. is important. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I loved it. I still think it holds. Uh, I think now that I know where everything is, you know, I think it's a little slow. Um, but I, I like the tension of it. I think the tension at the dinner scene. I distinctly remember, like, who? All right, who's gonna drop first? Wait, are they gonna drop? I think. Because I was able to hold the two ideas simultaneously that maybe I'm wrong and maybe this is exactly what you think it is. Um, which is what the movie's trying to dance on. So if you squ- land squarely in, oh, this is just going to turn into horrifying. Um, yeah, there's there's real no sus- there's no suspense to it. But I think I, I held the second idea of like, maybe the guy's just fucking crazy and none of this is going wrong. But fair enough. I know I'm not alone. I, you're not alone on that one either. Mm-hmm. Impressive. I loved it. 
Oh, right. My turn. Yep. Um, okie doke. I think I have to put one movie in here that probably some people haven't seen. It's because it's me, and I'm going to put one in here because it was a movie that I was really intrigued by and had such a cool idea, and, like, the movie wasn't smart enough to know how good of an idea it had. And that bothered me. The uh, movie is called The Bye-Bye Man. It was a bad horror movie with a cool idea. I will run through it very quickly just to get it out of the way, and we'll get back to the traditionals. The premise is the horror of the bye-bye man is the idea of the bye-bye man. Basically, it's what if a meme, the knowledge of a meme, was a murderer. So it is if you if you don't think about purple elephants, you'll never die. But once purple elephants are in your head, now they're eating at your soul. Um, except the movie didn't understand. And that alone, in and of itself, is some of the themes of some of my favorite books in the world, Snow Crash and things like that. So at the beginning, it start, the movie starts with this wonderful sequence, takes place in the 1960s or 70s, I believe, um, where there is a neighbor running around a house and like he's like banging on doors. Finally, he runs to the door of the house that we are currently watching from, bangs on the door, bangs on the door. He opens up and he's like covered in blood and he screams like, oh my God, it's horrible. It's horrible. And he's, and they're like, oh my God, what? He goes, I can't tell you. If I tell you, you'll have to die. And I can't explain it well enough. It was very good and it was very well shot. The rest of this movie is not that. It's these people who are thinking about a murderer who becomes the murderer. And now that means the murderer is within the other person's head. Um, But it doesn't. The characters don't seem to understand. If you just shut the fuck up, you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, just go drive into the woods. Don't go run up to the next person. And go, have you heard about the bye-bye man? Don't say that name. Like, no, don't do that. You're just perpetuating. Um, It could have been an elevated-ish horror that I enjoyed. It, and it turned to be a sl- it turned to be a slasher with a cool idea. Um. I think it feels it feels to me similarly as uh, the VD movie does with you, whichever one that one is. It follows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that one feels the same to me as as it follows to you because it's a cool idea that just okay. the bye bye man. If you're looking for a one star movie, <laughs> that really should have been better because it doesn't look bad. It's just meh. I serve to you. <coughs> All right. <clears throat> Question for you. Just say it. Would you rather watch an incredibly lame and boring horror movie? Or. Okay, there was an or. I was like, yes. Would you rather watch. <laughs> would you rather. Trick question. It's the same answer. Oh. Uh, 2012's. They call it a psychological horror thriller film. I guess because calling it a 2012 psychological horror thriller steaming pile of shit was too many words. Um, Would you rather? I'm with you on would you rather. All right, continue. It was bad. It was absolutely terrible. It was, again, it wanted to try to be clever and witty and and murder porn-ish kind of thing in the way that the Saw movies are, and this movie wasn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 
the only kind of swerve was the very, very end. Uh, after Iris wins and returns home. Um, she's, she's taking care of a, uh, a family member of hers who is having uh, treatment for leukemia that she can't afford. And uh, one of her doctors introduces her to a philanthropist who heads this foundation uh, and offers her a deal. If you win a parlor game at a dinner party tomorrow night, then uh, we'll pay for uh, your brother's treatment. Okay, cool. So then they go through all of this, like, nonsensical murder porn stupid challenge would you rather bullshit <laughs> she wins and gets home and realizes oh he killed himself so i i didn't yeah. really have to play any of these games it was just i don't know it was very it silly. is a womp womp it really was I saw i love movies with games obviously it's not it's not a shock really um and the I think it's is it there, that's the movie with the, like a razor blade to the eye or something. Yep, and I think oh, that's, that's right. that poster. was really that was the movie poster. Yep, and I think and it's that's the one what moment the really movie got made. people like, oh mm -hmm. my god, anything having to do with razor blades super close to the eye or razor blades being like slid in between the spaces in your teeth. Can we like, stop? Those are the kind of things that'll really set people on edge. And I think that poster alone is what kind of drove a lot of people in to see this movie. And I think that's the only moment in the movie where I was like, um, but yeah, there's so many movies like that, that are the game movies. I, I actually just to throw it out quick, the honor, my honorable mention is pretty much that genre. Um, we'll discuss at the end, but okay. Uh, yeah, it was to be fair though. A couple years later, a bunch of years later, ready or not came out, which is <clears throat> the movie. Would you rather dreams to fucking be? You have not seen Ready or Not with uh, Samara Weaving. Highly recommend it. It is fun as hell. Not even it's almost less a horror movie and more just like a dramatic action film, but it's so fun. All right, this is one that uh, my wife would disagree with because she actually really enjoys this series of films, and I find them utterly pointlessly boring. Um, shortly after the Blair Witch franchise, the world of Shaky cam horror became all the rage. Similar to the, uh, as we were discussing the Saw movies and everything, things a game. Well, there's a minute of like 10 years where every movie is made by somebody with nauseating hand control and a camera. <laughs> Except this one, which they had an interesting premise of, well, we don't have to have a shaky cam, but it can still be found footage. What if the camera is just in the house? And so, yeah, there's some of it where it's a handy cam, but for the most part, we're watching this through the footage of the security films around the house. Okay. Much like you're playing Night Trap in I was just going to say, so it's, Night so it's Night Trap the movie. Okay. Except the characters in this movie are assholes. The, so it's Night uh, Trap the movie. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> the girlfriend is walking around and going, I think there's something wrong with the house. And douche canoe McBro is like, nah, girl, there ain't nothing here. Rah. It is Paranormal Activity and all of the Paranormal Activity films. They are horrible. And all of them. They're, and there's ones that I've watched where I I think there's a lot of good meat on the bone, except the, the real issue that I have with these films. And 
Uh, there's one series that his wife was watching. It's like the Blackwater tapes or the Black Hills tapes or something. There's like six or seven of them that are very low budget, but they use a lot with very little. And, and Paranormal Activity is the prime example of these movies where it tries to build tension by doing absolutely, literally nothing. And Paranormal Activity was <clears throat> um, distributed by like Spielberg because he saw it and was like, this is such an interesting thing. And I understand why, because Spielberg, man, he'll spend money on anything. So a movie that you can just sit and stare at an empty bedroom not doing anything, where you're trying to hope to maybe see a couple pixels wiggle for fucking minutes, that sounds like a money saver. Because there is so much of that film where it's just watching the bedroom. And we're watching. And I think in some people that's supposed to mean tension is rising. But for me, it's just... And the door slowly. And because this door moved an inch while these two fuckers are sleeping, I'm supposed to go. It's kind of like, well, it's, it's, I don't know if building the tension is the right term, but it's that same kind of feeling you get when you're watching like House of a Thousand Corpses. And the cop is kneeling in the the mud puddle with his hands behind his head. And the dude's got the gun on him. And it's that very slow, uh, like, uh, arm. You know, they pull back the camera on the fucking uh, crane. And the music is playing lightly in the background. And, like, you're waiting for him to pull the trigger because you know right. he's going to pull the trigger. <laughs> and it almost becomes a comedy scene because you're like, eh, he's going to do it now. Nope. Wasn't yet. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, not still not yet. And it takes like 58 seconds or something before he pulls it. And nothing happens in the scene. No. Yeah. Except that. And it's like, it's making you build that moment for when is it going to happen? Almost to the point that they've waited so long that when it does happen, you're like, oh, that that's, uh, that's when he did it. Because now the tension, like you've inflated the balloon and now you've deflated it. We've taken mm-hmm. so fucking long. And it, paranormal activity very specifically started that trend of, and not like with the House of a Thousand Corpses, very different world, but just the trend of we can film a movie in our house or in a house because there's ones in other people's houses and ones in horror houses and ones in old schools and ones in asylums and ones... um. And we can get a lot out of very little footage and we can just move a bathtub and we can make a a loud noise or we can make a ball bounce off of a stair or, you know, we could do so many things, but it's five minutes of nothing until that one thing. And yeah, paranormal activity. Loathe it. And aren't there like 11 of those now? Yeah, something like that. And it's like ones that are the old ones and Paranormal Activity West Coast and Paranormal Activity Beef. (laughs) Well, again, like you said, it's because they're so fucking cheap to make because literally 85% of the movie, there's nothing happening. 1,000%. So we are going to serve it to you. Yep. So, okay. Okay. Get your get your boxing gloves on, cause this one you're you're gonna want to throw down on. No, oh, um, probably the one I thought it was before. Probably the one you thought it was before. Uh, I literally feel like this movie was the attempt to create 
a new signature kind of horror movie killer weapon and somebody had come up with this really cool idea and said, well, now we need to make a movie around it. Um, it's malignant. Yeah, I know. I know it's malignant. Found this movie to be the most inane sack of shit ever. <laughs> um, and here's, so here's other stuff. Like when a movie wants to try to be clever, once you realize the twist, you can kind of go back and look at other pre-twist things that happened and go, oh, I can see it in there now. There is not one point once they reveal that this killer is on the back of her fucking head. That Spoilers. Sorry. When you, <laughs> dude, the fucking movie came out in 2021. I don't care. Teasing. Um, when, once you know that's a thing, when you go back and look at any of the other fight scenes, and this was the biggest thing that I fucking looked into when you, when they do the reveal, they're doing that final fight with quote unquote, like fake shoes on the villain. So the feet are facing away from the direction of the malignant head on the back of her head. Mm. I said, you know what? Now let me go back and check any of the other fight scenes. Like if they did that in any of the other fight scenes and we as the audience just never paid that much attention to notice, that would be kind of a cool, uber clever thing to do. No, not at all. Never, never did in any of the other fight scenes. So there is literally just, oh, so this is just, this is the thing that you came up with at the end. It's okay. So whatever. Right. Budget of 40 million made 35 million and yet somehow labeled a huge success. Well, to be fair, I mean, it's hard to judge that shit nowadays and not to defend the movie. We'll, we, I'll, we'll save that for, for in a minute. You know, the budgetary things nowadays, I'm trying, I've been trying to figure out how movies figure out whether they've made money now because that was released in some theaters, but then it was a huge streaming release. Like it was on six different things. Um, so HBO whereas, Max. That's what it was. But like, so it's based on a different criteria than just box office now. Because who the fuck goes to the box office? It's an interesting call. But your point, your point is salient. Continue. I will. I will. I will retort. Oh, no, that was it. Oh, there you go. Okay. It was a bad movie. <laughs> well, then allow me. It was me released in theaters on September 1st in France, United States on September 10th. And then uh, it was released simultaneously on HBO Max for one month, after which it was removed until the regular home media release scheduling period came out. Okay. So. In, in its defense. First off, I'm a huge James Wan fan. L look at his list and you go, yeah, okay, Hatton likes his movies. Um, and I'm not going to say that it's a perfect film, but uh, by any stretch. I think the main actress in it is she just overacts her balls off. She could have taken it down two full letter grades and have the movie be better. Um, the twist and the special effects and the camera work in that movie, I think, are exemplary. I, I think this is James Wan had like a couple really, really cool shots in his head that he just wanted. It was like, cool. When's somebody going to give me money? Oof. Fast and the Furious 7. Thank you. Now I can do this thing. Um, There are parts of that movie that I think are gorgeous. 
And I think if like they teamed him up with uh, what's his nut the the guy the Irish guy that everybody loves who does Oculus, uh, not Mahoney. Like if they were to team up James Wan with, and I'm pulling up his name, Mike Flanagan, okay. who's done some of the most intelligent horror uh, of the last decade. Uh, I think there's a really beautiful movie to be done, but I do agree that like there's aspects of Malignant that are cornball. Um, even though I can defend them as like, look, you got to watch Basket Case and you have to watch Pumpkinhead or you have, you know you have to watch these like surrogated twin movies. If you haven't, fine. It's a cornball movie. <laughs> if you have, you go, oh, I see what he's, he's pulling from. as a thing from a thing. But that's, I don't know whether it's a defense to say it's a, it's a horror movie for horror movie people, because it's not. I think it's just very well shot in a very pretty horror movie. So uh, the uh, multinational magazine Rue Morgue described it as saying too often it's hard to know whether James Wan and company are kidding or not. Uh, the AV Club called it a zany psychodrama creep fest that here and there veers into gory action hilarity as though Pazuzu had taken over the body of a Batman movie. <laughs> That's a great line. Uh, Hollywood reporters said the film might have been outrageously bizarrely fun if it displayed any sort of humor or ironic self-consciousness, but everything is played so straight that viewers will find themselves laughing not with the film, but at it. Uh, AP that. Associated Press said it's probably best to see this in the theater because at least that way you can laugh along with your fellow theater goers. And uh, RogerEbert.com gave it one out of four stars, describing it as a horror movie that is as long as it is underwhelming. <laughs> Damn. That's like my classic line about bad food. Oh, it tastes gross, but whew, there's a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I would agree that it would probably be a better film if it played a little bit more to yucks. Because I, I think the biggest drawback for me in that movie was the main actress overacts it. She's very serious. All right. And for my final, I am going to, uh, to an old favorite of ours. We've discussed him at length. We've discussed many of his films. Uh, we have mocked many of his films. And in this one, I don't think we've talked about this one tons, but it was my biggest disappointment in the universe of Mr. Shyamalan. Um, I'm not discussing old, which I really think we should do a live watch of. Oh, if you uh, want that. Okay. If you want to see at some point. a live watch of old people, you tweet us at SDSDcast. Um, this is what, when the, <sighs> we both know that Shyamalan has taken a weird dip where like some of the movies he did at the beginning were amazing. Some of the movies he did in the middle are disjointed and duh, duh, duh. like, I know you like, was it the village more than the rest of the world or like, like one of them? Yeah, I, I found the village clever. Yeah. I like it more than most people liked it. I'm not going to say yeah. it was an amazing movie, but I think it gets some unnecessary hate. And along those lines, like there's been a whole trail of films that he's done where I think people want to like and get disappointed in, in the end. And there was one movie when they said the trailer that I was like, Oh, he's doing it. I, I think I know exactly what movie you're talking about, it. too. He's taking his best film that he's ever made. And he's taking the movie that nobody knew was his movie until the end of it. 
merging them into the one final, like the Shyamalan CU. The movie is Glass. Oh, that is not where I thought you were going. Okay. Unbreakable, I think, is his greatest piece of of work. I think it's a little slow, like now that I've gotten a little bit older about it. Um, but I really do think it is probably his best piece of creative work. Uh, I think he got a lot out of Sam Jackson. I think Bruce Willis is at his most Bruce Willis-y. And then later when he did, um, which one? What's the name of it? The one where it's uh, Charles Xavier fucking crazy with the multiple personalities. Split. Oh, yeah, yeah. Split, I thought, was excellent. I didn't know he had anything to do with it until after the credits roll. I was like, really? That was a Shyamalan film. It was really good. I didn't expect that. Right. Um, and there's a tease at the end of Split that suggests that it's in the same universe as Unbreakable, and you're like, that's cool. And they decided they were going to do Glass, where you're going to take Mr. Glass, and you're going to take Split, and you're going to take Bruce Willis, and you're going to put them all in the same universe at the same time. And I, what I wanted was Shyamalan to, to work against type. I wanted him to build a different type of movie. He has, he understands comics. I know that because Unbreakable really does. It explores that aspect. And I wanted it to be this sort of response horror to uh, the franchises that we live in right now with the MCU. And what we got was a movie where it really feels like he didn't have the budget to pay for all three of those guys in the same room at the same time. You know, maybe they all had other movies going on, but like it is three disparate people who we all want to see get together in and hang out and have a big old chronicle fight. And we want to see them like there's it's and it's fucking an hour and 20 minutes in an insane asylum where shit all goes on. And at the end, you're here. We finally, we have the, we have, we got these three guys for two days. <laughs> we have McAvoy. That was his name. Willis and Jackson. We have to get this done. And like, it's 10 minutes and they, the fight is minuscule. And it ends with them having nothing to do with their own ending. It's all about this, the, the asylum that they're in or institute or whatever it is. It was such a disappointment. It, I was so fucking stomach-wrenchingly disappointed, and I shouldn't have been, because Shyamalan Shyamalan's us all the Shama time, and um, I fucking Shama hate it. I thought you were going to go with Devil. Yeah. Because I, I remember uh, I was in a movie theater where we saw a preview for it, and it happened almost exactly as you can YouTube uh, people who recorded stuff on their phone and shit in the movie theaters trailers and you see bits of the trailer start and you hear the audience be like oh <laughs> and something scary happens like oh whoa and then it mm -hmm. says a movie by M. Night Shyamalan and the place goes oh <laughs> like you almost had me and then oh it's this fucking guy again yeah like it was almost legit beat for beat the same thing that happened in the theater I was in you're just like fuck that is exactly where I thought you were going. I will say, I didn't hate Devil. It's a stupid movie. It is a stupid movie for an audience of no one. But it, I, I thought it was like, all right, fine. It's a cornball ship in a bottle flick. But yeah. Glass was the movie I wanted. And I should have really not walked in with expectations too high. Um, because it was 
quite quickly let down. How do you fuck up Bruce Willis, James McAvoy, and Samuel L. Jackson playing some of their coolest roles ever in the same movie that you wrote and you can't seem to get it right? That's the thing. In the movie you wrote. That's going to lead into... So I have two honorable mentions. One shouldn't even really be on this list, but I'm going to explain why it's there. Um, So the first honorable mention is the 2016 Blair Witch. Mm. Um, And it's... It's... it's, It falls into the factor of, like you just said... They didn't write the original movie, but the original movie is out there. We know everything about it now. We know that it wasn't real, even though the original Blair Witch did probably the best media campaign ever uh, in building up the mystery and the mystique and the history of Burkittsville and the Blair Witch and everything else. Uh, everybody now knows it's bullshit and everybody can point and laugh at it. Like, really? We fell for this shit? So now they're trying to do the same thing, but just with a bigger budget. It's like, no, we know, we know this was not a good movie and it just happened to catch lightning in a bottle and, and you are not catching lightning in a bottle. It was a bad movie. It tried to have its own (laughs) weird twist and it didn't. Be, it, it didn't save the movie because when the twist happened, people just went, did, did that just, is that, are we? Uh, yep. It legit was almost on my list. It's I hate that movie. The second movie I put on here, not because it's really a horror movie, although it's an attempt in an ongoing movie universes shot at horror-ish. But because, much as we had mentioned at the top of this episode, it is a far bigger sin to be boring than Hmm. bad, and I had to put Morbius on this list. Because it is on Netflix currently, and I said, well, I just re-signed up for Netflix so I could power through season four of Stranger Things and Sandman, and I already canceled it. I'm just keeping it for the month, but I'm like, oh. Morbius is on here. Let me at least watch. And with the exception that the main character's name is also the title of the movie. There is not one person's (laughs) name in this movie that I could, I could tell you one character's name in this entire movie. Oh, wow. Okay. It is boring. It is bland. It is banal. It is, uh, it is just the antithesis of anything that you would want to be in a movie and how any of the fucking, you know, meme generators that blew this up on Twitter, how Sony could look at any of that hype and go, Oh, they must really like it because we're trending. We need to re-release this again. It's, it's just 100% absolutely beyond me. Yeah. I have not seen it yet. It's on my list. I did go through the list of sort of Mimi movies the last week. I watched, uh, we, we did Geostorm on Discord and somebody mentioned Moonfall. I've and probably mentioned Moonfall. Yeah. Moonfall it's terrible. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, not good. It's good though. It's, it's, I think I would love it even more if it shaved off about a half hour of fucking garbage. But goddamn, tell Ro- tell Roland Emmerich you, you ran out of things when you blew up the Earth in 2012, and he goes, "Bitch, I still got the moon." <laughs> the moon. We can't lift this tree that has fallen upon oh, me. That's the okay. Is- the moon's only 20 yards from Earth's surface. It will help us. What? I, 
I screenshotted that exact quote. The moon's going to help us. It just reminded me so much of like the bad dubs of Gamera. <laughs> Gamera, yeah, he is for the children. Except this was the original fucking dialogue. I know. <laughs> Gamera will help us. He is for the children. My honorable mention, as mentioned before, is all of the um, puzzle movies that fucking fail. And there's a whole shit ton of puzzle, ship in a bottle, weird figure it out movies that I enjoy. Um, the exam, circle, like, and all of them have bad endings, but I enjoy everything up to the end. Cube. Um, the specific ones I'm t- I want to talk about briefly are the ones that are trying to use that premise, use that theory with escape rooms. And because we live in a world where a R-rated movie doesn't uh, doesn't move the needle. So they do PG-13. So you now you have a puzzle movie, like Escape Room or No Escape Room for a fucking winner of a title. <laughs> Clever, it's, Steve. Mm. Clever. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's already a movie called Escape Room. What do we call it? <laughs> um, and so they're PG-13 on top of it. So there's not even an ounce of intensity and you don't feel like you're going to get horror. You feel like you're going to get intense horror off screen. Hey, look at that up. Oh, Steve's dead. Um, they're, they're capitalizing on the trend of the escape room world. And they are also capitalizing on people like saw, but they don't have the brains to really put it together. And I've done some shitty escape rooms, but I would expect that if you have the ability to write an escape room, you may like get some escape room experts to be like, Hey, look, Here's $5,000. Just sit with us and write us an escape room that we can put some murder in and it would be okay. Um, and they're not, they're, they're bad. And I really want one of them to be good. And I've yet to see one. Every escape room movie I've ever seen has been trash. And I'm so annoyed by it. No escape room. Stop it. So people out in something land, what are some of the lamest horror movies you've seen? Which ones of ours do you disagree with? Because, damn, I'm sure there's at least one. Oh, yeah. Where can they tell us all that? You can head over to somethingcast.com, which is the repository of all things something. You can find all the buttons and widgets and doodads on which to find us on all the different social medias and podcatchers of your choice. And at the time of this listening, whether you are listening to it early because you're one of those really cool people who jumped onto our Patreon, and for just $2 a month, you get early access plus a bunch of extra content and stuff that the people who are listening to this on Tuesday, October 4th, will not be hearing. Suckers! You're also going to get a Patreon button on that page. Yep, yep. So definitely go over to somethingcast.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what movies we missed what you agree with what you disagree with yeah and uh if you're interested in doing a spookums discord hangout you let us know uh because we enjoy having them with that said happy something spooktacular and uh look forward to the rest of this month pardon me i'm james and i'm podcast rob see you guys next time later something 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 okay here we go